Hello, and welcome to the second episode of We Understood That Reference. If you've made it this far, we're probably starting to grow on you. I'm Clayburn. And I'm Nikhil. Today, I think it'll be fun to talk about casual MCU viewing. You know, you and I go and watch these movies pretty much as soon as they come out, and we talk about the movies quite a bit afterwards. So we probably have a pretty good understanding Mm -hmm. of them. But most people probably aren't comic book nerds showing up on opening night. Maybe they aren't marathoning the prior movies before going to watch the latest release. What? So it could be interesting to talk about what sort of are some of the pitfalls there if you're watching it like that, Mm -hmm. maybe not so deeply involved, especially when there's like, what, over 20 movies now? Yeah, 23. It's a great, great way to spend a couple weekends. It's a lot to watch, let alone keep in mind movie to movie. And really, everyone goes and watches these movies. You know, they they make billions. Right. Uh, But, you know, not everybody can be super into it, probably. Um, You know, a lot of them are just maybe casual moviegoers, especially, you know, a lot of these come out uh, prime summer blockbuster times. Right. People are just out on a Friday night. They're thinking, hey, you know, a superhero movie looks fun. Have we seen that one yet? Uh, Why not? Let's go watch it. Right. Exactly. Hey, isn't that the guy from Thor? Yeah, this is Thor. (laughs) They made another Thor? Why after the first two? Uh, So, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, the Avengers, I guess, are the ones leading the pack, probably, in terms of um, box office Mm -hmm. and popularity. Everyone knows about the Avengers. Um, So people are probably just, I guess, skipping a lot of the single superhero movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so there's a big variation in the box office returns for a lot of these movies. If you look at the Avengers movies, every single one of them has made over a billion dollars. Um, And Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing movie of all time with close to $3 billion. Um, But a lot of the other movies do an average of seven to eight hundred, like seven to eight hundred million dollar range. Um, so there's definitely a big variation in the the size of the audience for a lot of these movies, um, and I, I and you also have to consider that a lot of those dollars are coming from repeat viewers. So you'll have people um, like me and Claiborne who will go see these things a couple times. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that. And um, I, and and you can see like the popularity of the MCU has grown over the years um, because you had movies like. Um, Captain Marvel and Black Panther um, both break uh, the the billion dollar mark Um, whereas you know more popular characters like um, Iron Man, Captain America they only uh, cross the billion dollar mark with their third movie. So what what do we call these these movies that are the um, I guess like the non-team-up movies is there is there a term for them? Uh, Solo movies. Solo solo Mm -hmm. movies not to be confused with Solo a Star Wars story. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Which itself, I guess, is a solo movie. That's right. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's funny how that works. <laughs> Maybe that's where the name comes, comes from, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the solo movies, I guess that makes sense. They're, um, you know, not, not as big, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, although Black Panther seemed to be pretty huge, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was huge. It was um, the top 10. It was in the top 10 movies domestically of all time. Uh, when, it, when it released. So isn't that a bit strange, though, that like, um, you know, the, the Avengers, the team up movies mm-hmm. are, are huge. Everyone's watching them. And you have people going in there then that probably haven't seen the solo movies. They yeah. don't know who Thor is. They don't know who Iron Man is. They don't mm-hmm. know the story behind, you know, what is that Winter Soldier? What is he doing there? They don't know this stuff. Yet these movies are still the ones that, you know, are getting 
the big draw. And I would think that it might, to me, it seems like it would be the other way around where, you know, anyone can go watch Iron Man mm-hmm. and it'd be fine. But to me, it seems like you wouldn't want to watch the Avengers unless you know what's going on. That's right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I also wonder about that because, um, you know, the consistently lowest performer in, in the MCU has been the Ant-Man movies. And a lot of um, uh, a lot of the like the plot from there was kind of pulled into um, the last two Avengers movies, especially Endgame, where, you know, Ant-Man was kind of a big character. Um, his technology was kind of central to the plot. So um, you have a lot of people who never saw those movies. <laughs> um, the Ant-Man movies averaged five and six hundred um, million dollars. So it's about half of, of an average Marvel movie. Yeah, I think I think people kind of, um, you know, give Ant-Man a hard time, it seems like, and certainly Thor, probably. But mm-hmm. um, which so which solo movies are probably the the most skipped, the ones that people just, you know, don't, don't bother with? Uh, so the first Incredible Hulk is definitely the most skipped um, that's one that you know people don't even re- remember it at all that it even exists yeah and i guess they don't have to i mean a lot of the plot really doesn't uh doesn't you know continue into any of the other movies they established uh the leader as a villain at the end of the movie they kind of teased um one of those characters becoming uh the super villain the leader but um we never heard from him again so it's sort of like um that movie was sort of maybe would have had more of an impact, but they changed directions later on. Right. And I actually just rewatched it recently and it's not bad. It's not a bad movie at all, but it's tonally completely different than the rest of the MCU. Yeah. I remember it not feeling like the rest of the MCU. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that, and I I think in a way that's always maybe biased me against um, Hulk because, because of that, like I always felt like he's almost, too different because of that the origin movie i guess or the um you know the first movie oh yeah him. and so now obviously like he fits in better and he, he and black widow like we talked about have pretty good chemistry and and mark ruffalo works well with the team mm-hmm. uh certainly thor ragnarok i think finally um really cemented him for me anyway right. but i think he was he was all there in the beginning it's just that i still had that kind of that that older view of him in my mind and so i think it was harder to to to, to make him fit in that's true. I think that if he did get a solo movie within the MCU, I think it would have had it would have been more similar to Ragnarok than anything else, just because that kind of had the Hulk and the MCU tone together for the first time. Yeah, that one in a way seemed a bit more like a Hulk movie. <laughs> so, yeah. which one? So, other than the Hulk, uh, which which superheroes? I guess maybe not necessarily like the least popular, but I guess the people just aren't drawn to their their movies for whatever reason so um uh, so i had a friend who just recently uh binged all 23 of the marvel movies and um and and she did skip a few and the ones that she skipped were incredible hulk and both of the spider-man movies and the reason was was that they were not on the disney plus or netflix um streaming services because uh, so that's kind of like an interesting reason why someone would skip those yeah. because they're not easily available. It's, it's like it's like a business reason. <laughs> yeah, some weird production <laughs> rules. Uh-huh. Yeah. I kind of think, 
and I, I so you know my my wife and I we 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 watch her like you know she usually goes with us whenever they come out and we watch them but sometimes you know she can't make it and so uh you and I go and we watch uh, one of the movies and then you know she figures she'll catch up on it uh later you know when it's out on DVD or something uh-huh. and uh I think there's been several that she hadn't hasn't watched at all oh, and yet no. you know she still has gone and enjoys uh, the Avengers and Endgame and all of that no problem mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of them, for instance, is Doctor Strange. I don't know if she's ever seen Doctor Strange. Oh, no, that's a good one. I like that movie a lot. And yeah, and I, and I was kind of thinking about that. And to me, it seems like the Doctor Strange one was a good movie, but it almost feels not really part of the MCU. Because I guess, you know, that was sort of when they were introducing, I don't remember which phase it is, phase mm-hmm. two, phase three, something like that. There was definitely like a switch at Doctor Strange where it was like, it's a, you know, we're, 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 we're setting up a new crop of heroes. That's and true. Doctor Strange is one of them. And he's sort of in a kind of leadership position, but not ready to take over yet because, you know, all the old guard is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can tell like he's going to be important and he's going to be, you know, kind of a senior member of the team once uh, they move forward. And so that's why it, it sort of felt different. It was almost like it was someone else trying to make um, you know, an Avengers movie. It was like a, a whole different, it was like a bizarro world to, to borrow something from the DC, I guess, <laughs> DC. But um, yeah, it almost felt like bizarro Avengers, you know, like he's bizarro Tony Stark. He has the same, you know, kind of the weird facial hair, the same kind of personality, <laughs> not as charming or likable, I don't think, but, yeah. um, you know, the same kind of uh, character more or less, only instead of um, science, he's using like magic. Oh, that's true. Who could be more likable than Robert Downey Jr., though? I, yeah. feel, I feel like the entire MCU is kind of built on the back of his charisma in a way. But you're right. There was a lot of parallels between the Doctor Strange movie and the Iron Man movie. It was, I mean, Iron Man one, they were, you know, mm-hmm. the, the storyline was kind of similar. Um, and there were a lot of parallels between the two, um, but they're yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And I, I can't think of what other ones she might not have watched. Um, you know, we'll have to check our, our movie history, I guess, and see which one I had uh, mm-hmm. not bought when we didn't buy three tickets for. Oh, yeah. but, um, Thor, I'm uh, sure, you know, she's missed, missed a few at least. And, mm-hmm. um, but still like, hasn't, hasn't really had an issue watching. Cause I guess ultimately a lot of the stuff probably just kind of feels like Easter eggs more or less, even a lot of like the side characters, like um, uh, the, the guy from Dr. Strange, for instance, uh, who's his sidekick guy, Wong or something. Yeah. Wong. Wong, yeah. So like when Wong shows up in a non Doctor Strange movie, like it doesn't really matter who he is, right? It's like it you don't need to know who he is, and so just him showing up, it's not a big deal if you don't know. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Even I think the same is with um, uh, Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. You know, when she shows up and things, or there's a reference to her, it it doesn't really matter because it that whole thing matters within the Iron Man uh, story, right? Um, and it's like, you know, in game, obviously, there's every single side character shows up literally <laughs> in the funeral scene, just hanging out there. Right. And so probably throughout that, that was probably there's probably like at least, you know, five or six people who I don't think she probably would have known who they were. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, like, they didn't matter too much for the um, for the overall kind of Avengers story. That's true. Yeah. Like, like that scene you just referenced, you still get the emotional impact, even if you don't recognize every yeah. character in there. Like they even had, yeah. um, remember in Iron Man three, there was that kid that that he uh, worked with, so that that mm-hmm. kid was there, and he was um, he was like five years older, so he looked completely different. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, but like you know, eagle eyed fans would know who that guy was, and like casual fans would you know 
it wouldn't really matter to them that much. I think that's kind of the um, the beauty of it. Like you can kind of walk in and still have an enjoyable experience, but if you've you know follow this thing from the beginning or binged it later on and and are caught up you get you know an exponentially more you know uh more rewarding experience yeah yeah she hasn't really had the any issue with the mcu but it's strange because like star wars on the other hand has Mm -hmm. been a tough one like i i'm pretty sure she's seen every star wars movie but she just you know doesn't doesn't care about them too much and um probably you know didn't pay attention and it also it's you know been years um so you know we go and watch the new ones as they're coming out and there's a lot more questions of you know who's that what is what is she, what is she why is she doing that but it was like the avengers we, we there really it was none of that so it seems like um they've done somehow done a pretty good job i think of making all these movies pretty self-contained so pretty mm-hmm. self-contained they work as yeah. like a standalone movie do you right. think there are any that, that sort of fail as a standalone oh that's a good question um i think civil war maybe because i think you kind of need to uh um, really understand the characters yeah to really to really get the most out of captain america civil war um because there's there's a lot going on there that that was built up either within the first two Captain America movies or the Avengers movie with the relationship between Steve and Tony, that um, if you just walk in seeing um, mm-hmm. Civil War, you kind of, um, you, it's kind of like walking into the second half of a play. Yeah. What about um, the, the Dark World? The Dark World, I think, is one of those that is probably the most skipped. <laughs> um, yeah but do, you think want... it, do you think it works as a standalone like if you just what even if you didn't even watch you know the first thor uh-huh. like if if you went and just watched that one it, to me it seems like that one might just be that one might be kind of boring like obviously like it's kind of dull anyway i think but yeah. if you didn't know who thor was you didn't have the origin story you didn't know what was the point of all this mm-hmm. and then you're just kind of you know watching that one do you think that the, the that one that the thor movie uh succeeds as a standalone um, I, I think you're right that, uh, you know, you know, you, you'd be a little lost as to the character development, um, because a lot happened in the first Thor. I think the for, first Thor for what it was, was a pretty good movie. Um, mm. but I think, I think you're right. Um, I have to go rewatch it. It's been a while since I've seen the dark world. Um, but I thought it was interesting that in, um, Avengers Endgame, they kind of gave you a summary of, um, the dark world more than they did with any other movie because even even like even they know that that's probably yeah, the least they, they know nobody watched. remembers it <laughs> yeah the most forgettable yeah. the least rewatched movie of the entire mcu yeah uh, so i watched um I, i'm i'm not a big fan of harry potter mm-hmm. um I, I had never really uh seen them until yeah. recently i guess okay the, but the first one, the first time I watched a Harry Potter movie was actually like uh, years before I watched all of them. And it was probably like the fifth or sixth. I don't I don't know exactly which one it was. But my grandma and I, we were in Mexico mm-hmm. and uh, we needed to kill some time. Uh, and so we were just like, well, you know, we need to take, we were waiting for, I don't know, a, a bus or plane or whatever it was. And so we had some time to kill. And we just decided we'd go in and watch a movie. And there weren't that many movies to choose from. Um, and they were showing at that time and harry potter was one of them and i thought you know harry potter i don't know my grandma might like it and 
I was, and I thought, you know, we haven't seen all of them, but you know, what, what do you need to know? It's a boy who's a wizard. They're in a school, <laughs> whatever, you know, how complicated could it be? Right. And this one that we watched, it was, it was the, the, the most boring possible movie of all of them. Eventually I watched all of them, uh-huh. uh, you know, back to back. And, and I think for the most part, they kind of work as standalone movies, even though I, I don't really care for the franchise as a whole, as a whole, yeah. but this one particular one that we happened to watch first, was probably the worst one to pick. It was it was literally just kind of a bridge between two movies. Like mm-hmm. it started with basically, um, I know everyone was depressed and it was dark, and it was clearly like you know something had happened in the last movie that set everything up to you know basically you know utter despair, uh-huh. and they're gonna need to fix that, I guess. And then the course of the movie is the sort of like leading up to that in mm-hmm. a way of like we need to fix it, but they're going off and they're preparing and doing all their things. And then it ends before anything actually happens. So like nothing really happens in the movie. It's just, you know, two hours of dark despair. <laughs> and it was just so so torturous to watch. Uh-huh. And you know, I'm wondering if that if there'd be like some kind of equivalent in the um the MCU. And you know, obviously mm-hmm. you'd think that you shouldn't go in and just watch one of these randomly, right? Like, don't watch Thor two before watching Thor one. Uh-huh. But I guess you know sometimes people do for whatever reason. Maybe they're you know waiting on a plane or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, they do just watch a, one random movie. Um, oh yeah. And some of them may not hold up as just a, a pure standalone. And I, I I probably agree with Civil War. I remember to be honest, like I don't know if I even needed Civil War in the MCU at all. Like I I, I don't know if it really ultimately didn't do it didn't do anything it felt kind of cheap but it was just like um you know playing up drama internal drama on the team you know it it was cool i guess it was like kind of fan servicey like let's get everybody fighting each other but at the end of the day it's just like you know they all make peace and they all go fight thanos ultimately so like what did it really matter you know like it 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 was just sort of it felt almost kind of like a reality show you know trying to like engineer drama so that they can break up the the team and and have something while they're waiting for like a, an actual villain to come into play no way i like i totally disagree like it kind of set up um like that was the reason for them losing in infinity war because they weren't like together like if they were a united front they probably could have one against Thanos in the in yeah, the I think I, and he had all the gems. Like nobody's gonna, <laughs> even if they were all together as a team, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna beat him. Huh. Um, but uh, I don't know. I love the the relationship between Steve and Tony. I feel I feel like that was like the heart of the MCU. But going back to what you were saying about Harry Potter, um, like I'm not that big of a fan either. I think like there's out of the big four. Um, like fandoms in in movies and pop culture it would be you know marvel dc harry potter and star wars um like it, it's it's very difficult i think to be like a very engrossed fan in all of them because um you know it's it's just it's like a demand it's on too much it. yeah it's too much exactly well is that going to happen though with the mcu is like is, is the mcu too much it's already hard enough to keep track of you know like what nine mm-hmm. nine star wars movies there's <laughs> i don't know eight or nine um harry potters or whatever uh you throw in the twilight movies why not um you know you, if you're gonna be like watching all these different franchises uh-huh. already that's not even as many movies as there are just in the mcu alone mm-hmm. so can you truly hold you know 23 
eventually 30 maybe 40 uh-huh. you know 60 100 movies you know if it goes long enough well, I, are, are you, is it even possible to have you know 100 movies worth of knowledge in your head <laughs> to the point that you know you can continue to watch these sequels as they yeah yeah i think so i mean because it kind of it kind of goes in like bubbles and waves you know like you have the first like the first like 23 that we got is kind of a concise story that has Mm -hmm. um these these threads that come out of it so i think going forward like if you yes like in game sort of closes that chapter Mm -hmm. yeah like the the iron man the captain america um you know circles so you can kind of skip you know seven Nine movies. So, do you think, in a way, like you know, everyone's going to be kind of a casual viewer at some point, just because it's impossible to watch, you know, all 100 movies that come out? So, eventually, you'll just be saying, you know, like I'm, I'm the, um, you know, Infinity War era. I watched mm-hmm. that chapter, <laughs> and then like from then on, it's like some people, you know, especially people growing up today, coming of age to watch these movies and things like that. Are they going to go back and watch 20 movies um, just to? just to start, you know, in whatever the next chapter is, if a lot of those movies don't really matter in terms of, um, you know, obviously there's probably going to be Easter eggs and references and things like that. But ultimately, I guess you don't know, need to know who the founding members of the Avengers are to understand that, you know, the Avengers are a group of superheroes that fight bad guys. Like that can happen every every decade and nobody, you don't have to, you know, go back to the beginnings of, uh, of it with Iron Man necessarily yeah. in order to understand. Um, well, I think that, two things might draw them in one is the quality i think that um, a lot of these movies are timeless and that you can um rewatch them 10 years down the line and they still maintain um their quality the other thing is i think the um uh like the just the platforms on which we consume media has changed you know like 20 years ago what you just described would be like a daunting task but today, you know, you just sign up for Disney Plus and everything's right there. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, that... you just stream it like it's a TV show or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think that the ease of um, accessibility has definitely um, made what you're describing much more possible. Um, and I think that I think that the tone of these movies really um, makes them a lot more accessible to you know like you said you you walked into that harry potter movie and it was dark and depressing um but i think that if you walked into a movie that was light and and humorous and just like um you know joyful i think that it's a little easier to to walk in and and you know it's much more for an enjoyable experience um yeah so which which movie out of the bunch do you think drew in the most like newcomers people who you know they hadn't watched the mcu yet but uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok hits the, hits the screen and they like, you know, or they love it or whatever. And they decide, yeah, I got to go watch this. It was a great movie. And then they're going to go watch all the rest. Are there any like movies that you think really brought in a lot of newcomers? Yeah, definitely. So I think the first wave was with the first Avengers movie. Um, like even if you just look at the box office, you can see like that one really broke through in a way that mm-hmm. one of the first um, five movies didn't. Yeah, to me that seems like like I don't know like a, like someone's grandpa hearing about these Iron Mans and Captain <laughs> Americas, you know, and it's like ah, who who cares? This it's just a fad. And then when the Avengers comes along, they're like, huh, I guess these superhero things are working after all. Yeah, and then I might as well go watch it. Yeah, it was definitely like a like a pop culture moment. That was the that was the moment every like these these characters became household names. 
And then I think if you look at, um, just look at like the box office, I think 2018, like with double the double hitter of Black Panther and Infinity War really elevated the MCU. Um, I think the Black Panther uh, was kind of like a, like a cultural moment that really um, broke through. Um, and then I think Infinity War um, was another, like the one-two punch really uh, elevated the whole genre. Because if you look at um, like the box office uh, starting in 2018 with Black Panther and with, um, uh, with Infinity War, like the movies have consistently performed better in, in the last two years than they did prior to that. Um, in yeah, 20, so they were, they, were, they were big anyway. The Avengers, you know, kind of blew yeah. it up. And then Black Panther, Infinity War came in and just basically dominated. It said, you know, yeah. everyone in the world needs to watch this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Like the three releases that came out in 2017, which were um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, uh, Thor Ragnarok, and, um, and Guardians uh, the, Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, they all performed within the 700 range, uh, 700 million dollar range. And um, after Black Panther came out, like getting to a billion dollars was the norm. Oh yeah, yeah, I was cleaning the chimney. We have no chimney. I guess now is a good time for a quick ad break, or it would be if we had any advertisers. We do have a Patreon though. You want to tell the listeners about that? Sure. So it's patreon.com slash W-U-T-R. Pronounced water. Exactly, but it's spelled W-U-T-R. Water. Anyway, people who like our show, they can go to Patreon and support the show. If you donate $3 a month, you'll get a call out in our end credits. And for $10 a month, you'll get the credits, call out, and access to our monthly Q&A live streams. Very cool, and with that support, we can hopefully make the podcast a lot better. The audience has been growing, so we really need to upgrade to some professional equipment. And hire a professional editor. Yeah, definitely. I guess that's it for the ad for now. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash water. W-U-T-R. And support the show if you enjoy listening each week. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Say the magic words, fat Gandalf. How do you feel about Guardians of the Galaxy? It sort of like um, feels very much like its own separate story in a way, although you know it all came and connected uh, there at the end. But it's still in terms of like um, you know tone and everything. It just it feels very different from your standard Avengers story. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think personally, it's kind of my least favorite. I'm not that huge of a fan. Oh, yeah. Um, like those are the ones that I really like. Uh, the The second Guardians of the Galaxy, I only saw that movie once, which is very rare for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not that huge of a fan. But I think that those movies actually brought in a lot of um, casual fans because I I know that I know a lot of people who aren't really into uh, you know Captain America and Iron Man and like the superhero genre that love yeah. to the galaxy and we're kind of drawn into um the final two avengers movies because of that yeah because it's it's more of a you know they're more sci-fi mm-hmm. than like superhero right yeah so it's like it feels like it's a different genre really but then ultimately you know everything kind of comes together and works pretty well together i thought but um you know, I may, that might be the strength, I guess, of the MCU. I don't know that they've done that too much. Most of the other movies, I think, seem pretty straightforward MCU movies, and Guardians is the only one that's really out there. I think Thor Ragnarok 
kind of feels a bit different, but that's, you know, because of the director, mm-hmm. probably more than anything. Also, you know, it's, it's takes place in space. So it's a little more sci-fi than mm-hmm. usual. Um, but the rest of them, you know, are very, fairly standard, like Thor and Captain America and Iron Man and even Black Panther, they all feel very grounded in the same kind of world. Uh, right. But Guardian certainly stands out. I think Doctor Strange could, um, but it didn't really go in that direction. It seems like they took the Doctor Strange story, which could have been, you know, a lot more uh, mystical, uh, you know, magic fantasy, mm-hmm. and they sort of grounded it in the um, the the Avengers world very much. So, so it feels almost like it's, you know, more of a Tony Stark ripoff than than its own kind of thing. And I think it probably had the chance to be something more like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it is very much a different genre, its own its own uh, feel to it. And, you know, maybe if they do stuff like that, they have a lot more kind of, um, you know, spinoffs in different different areas than, you know, come under this big tentpole team-up movie. Could be a good strategy for them for, uh, you know, reaching different fan bases. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but it kind of looks like they are going uh, into the more uh, adventurous direction. The sequel to Doctor Strange is uh, called Doctor Strange in, uh, in the Madness of the Multiverse. So it's definitely going to lean heavily into, you know, uh, Marvel lore and a lot of uh, Easter eggs and a lot of references to the past 23 movies, maybe even Marvel movies beyond the MCU. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So what do you think would be the um, most confusing part so far in the MCU for someone who's a casual viewer? I think anyone who watched Endgame as their first movie is going to be really confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll say, who the heck are all these people? Yeah. Yeah, I guess because like Endgame literally doesn't it doesn't set anything up. It's there's nothing new. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's all existing stuff. You have to know the whole story. Right. You had to at least wa- have watched Infinity War. I, I don't know. Maybe 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 not. Infinity War. All it did was just set stuff up with the snap, and then you know it starts Endgame five years later. I guess that's true. Uh, guess so that's true. in a way, like if, if you just have you know the the uh, opening a little opening line about. Thanos snapped half the population in, out of existence, and this is the state of the world now, and it's fine. But you're not gonna you're gonna be like, who the heck is this? Um, you know, flying fire woman? Or what is what the hell is she doing? Oh right, yeah, I know a lot of people who skipped um, Captain Marvel and didn't see Captain Marvel before they saw Endgame because um, yeah. their releases were pretty close. Captain Marvel came out in March, um, Endgame came out last weekend of April, so there wasn't that much time. People who didn't yeah. get to the theaters twice in two months, um, two, three months. Um, a lot of them skipped Captain Marvel. Yeah. I think what would be really confusing would be the all, all the colorful people and their relations. Because even like even now, I still kind of find it confusing. But you know, Thanos is purple, and his <laughs> daughter is green, yeah. and his other daughter is like a blue robot. That's true. And I think if you were a casual viewer, uh-huh. that would not make any sense to you. And all of that family drama as it plays out in whatever film you happen to be watching it in, but certainly in game had a lot of it. Um, You wouldn't know why, why is, why is this robot blue woman, (laughs) the purple guy's daughter? Uh What's going on here? I I think that would be a really confusing part. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Also too many Chris's, right? Like I can just imagine like if you're, if you're a casual viewer and you Uh know these people, not as, 
um, Thor, you know him as, you know, that's Chris Hemsworth. And that one's Chris Evans. And then you're just like, oh, you know, if, why, well, Chris, why's Chris got the hammer? I thought Chris was the one with the shield. And so again, who's this new Chris? Chris is, he, is it that Jurassic Park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and then even you have, you know, Chris Pine to deal with now who's in the, the DC oh, uh, movies. So, so yeah, a lot of Chris's, I think that could get confusing as well if you're not um, caught up on character names. Mm-hmm. And how many people do you think confuse DC movies with Marvel movies? Oh yeah, that's that's a good good thought. I could imagine, um, you know, a lot of people thinking Captain Marvel, for instance, is Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, I think there's you know easy parallels there. I guess I can also just imagine people watching, you know, uh, Endgame and being like, when is Superman going to show up? Yeah, <laughs> like why doesn't he just uh, you know come and save the day? Right. Or uh, you know where is Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. Uh, those kind of things like I, I i think people probably wouldn't expect batman i feel like batman is enough of a kind of a, a franchise on his own yeah. oh yeah right. people uh don't associate him with anything in particular <laughs> like they never expect him to be part of a team-up movie really oh that's true um at least casual viewers obviously like you know super super fans they obviously know he's part of dc and league of uh the league of whatever what is it called <laughs> the justice Justly? league <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say League of Legends for some reason. You know how Batman's part of League of Legends. Uh, yeah, Justice uh, League. I, I'm, I'm trying to forget that movie. Um, but yeah, I, it, I, it would be interesting. I think I think it'd probably the reverse happens more, though. I, I doubt people go into the MCU movie thinking, you know, where's Aquaman? But uh-huh. I imagine people watch Aquaman and wonder, like, how does this fit into Captain America? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. And um, Kevin Feige, the head of uh, Marvel, he, he always says that, you know, whenever DC movies do well, it's good for him and it's good for, like, the genre in particular. Like, you know, uh, you know, what's that? What's the saying? Like, high waters rises all yeah, boats. Uh, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Exactly. Yeah, because and the reason he says that is because, you know, casual moviegoers don't really make those kind of distinctions. Yeah. So if they like Wonder Woman, then they're like, wow, this superhero stuff is really good. I can't wait for the next Ant-Man. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And especially especially the DC movies that have a lighter tone, like the Aquamans and the Wonder Womans, then, you know, those are more... Um, easily confused because um, they're kind of going after the same the same market. They, they're using that Marvel formula, so um, you know they're bright and colorful. So it's it's definitely a lot easier for people to get confused. Yeah, I think another thing that would probably be maybe confusing or at least off putting would be uh, the Infinity Infinity War the ending just kind of the movie as a whole probably but uh, the way it ends mm-hmm. is you know obviously a, a big down downer um which is not what you expect going into a superhero movie like i think that was even a surprise for you know fans going in right. thinking like this it wasn't so much a standalone movie it was like you know part one of what would come on to be you know in oh, game yeah. right so if you're just you know you're just out and you see what's showing and you're taking the kids out and Here's a superhero movie, Infinity War. Look, they're all mm-hmm. together fighting. This is this will be fun. And then to end on the note of murdering half of the universe, uh-huh. you walk out, your kids are crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that you know, it maybe wouldn't be confusing, but it certainly would be strange. Like you would not have. You, that's not the ending that you would expect. And so I, I, I kind of think that that's a pretty interesting. Uh, take on it for casual viewers who you know they went in watching infinity war and they were probably gut punched by that 
yeah. by that ending more so than than you know fans were. Mm-hmm. And I think that like breaking the formula is something that they do consistently. Like anytime an idea um, kind of feels stale or once it's been done, then they do something else. You know, and I think that that's kind of one of the reasons it stayed fresh and and, and new. You know, you kind of had a couple of movies, you know, a couple of Avengers movies where it was happy and, and light and then they totally flipped it. Um, and, and same things with, with a lot of the other movies. Um, you know, when it, just when you think like it, it, it's going one direction, they kind of just change it completely, especially with the third entries in a lot of these movies, if you noticed. Um, they're much different than, than what came before. So like other franchises like Harry Potter and Star Wars, they're having these spinoffs that are like really like inside baseball to, to you know, for some of these franchises like um, like Rogue One and Solo, like they're not really part of the core story. And I feel like um, if you're not like a hardcore fan, you can get lost in them. Same, same thing with like Harry Potter. They had that um, uh, Fantastic Beast movie. I saw that. Yeah. I didn't understand what was going on <laughs> because I'm, I'm kind of like a casual fan. I've seen the movie. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. To me, to me, Fantastic Beasts made a lot more sense to me than than the whole Harry Potter stuff because oh, yeah. with Harry Potter, what I never got was you know if these these are kids in school, mm-hmm. and then like you know this weird Voldemort guy is threatening to you know end the world or whatever, and then they're still going to class like and doing homework <laughs> yeah. for I don't know eight years, however many years it is, uh-huh. and it just seems really strange to me. It would be like um, you know Luke going off to destroy the death star but then he's like oh shoot i can't do that tonight i you know i have a math test tomorrow yeah <laughs> whereas like fantastic beasts having it be about adults set in like an adult world um it, it made more sense to me at least oh, uh, yeah. you know in that in that in that in that way oh right yeah, i understand what you mean about like I, mm-hmm. I didn't know what any of these beasts were or i still don't really understand the whole magic stuff all of how it works and all of that stuff yeah um maybe that's why i just don't like harry potter in general yeah i think there are people who have read the books who just have a completely different liking of it than people who have just seen the movies yeah i saw I, so i've seen all the movies since they started coming out but that's it like i'll see the movie and then two years two years will go by and i won't give it a second thought and then i'll see the other movie and i'll completely forget about what happened in the last one yeah. and I, I don't think i really enjoyed them that much because i never really got in like into it into it um and i was you know i was a casual fan so i don't think that i really got you know had the love for it that other people do would the mcu ever have like um purely standalone movies that are kind of spin-offs have nothing to do with the Avengers, for instance? Um, I, I kind of hope not, because I think that part of the magic is the, the connectivity of, of all of them. So sometimes you go see a movie and, and you don't really feel like it's connected to, to the larger story. So like, let's say, let's say they got that Marvel somehow got the rights back to X-Men. Mm-hmm. Then if they wanted to make an X-Men movie, uh-huh. does it have to then be in the MCU or would it be like a whole separate cinematic universe? Um, well, I think that part of the appeal is that they're all connected. And I think part of the appeal is that it's, you know, um, it, they all live in the same world. So I think that um, they would want to, to put them in, 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 the same, in the same genre. I think that the question comes in if you have something completely different, like a, like a Deadpool, which is kind of, you know, um, going after a different demographic then like the family friendly mcu 
um, then what do you do? Then do you want to see it in its own world or not? So that's um, but that's more of like a business question than a um, yeah, than like a a creative question. So in terms of the overall story, then for the MCU, what movies do you think you could do without? Not like saying you know we don't um, like this movie or this movie yeah. was dull or boring or whatever, but in terms of if you were to you know you have uh, someone who hasn't seen yeah. any of these yet mm-hmm. and they're gonna watch Infinity War and Endgame, okay, but they're gonna they don't have time to watch all what is it twenty three. 23 yeah. movies or something right. uh-huh. so they have to cut out a few which ones could they like just you know not not do with and not miss out on too much in terms of story great question i think you could skip the first i mean the incredible hulk i think you can skip um the uh, thor the dark world i think you could miss both of the ant-man movies oh you're you're killing me both ant-mans um you know i really like the first one so maybe maybe see the first one but I, yeah. I, I honestly think the second one didn't really add anything at all. And it added a wasp. It it it, it did add a wasp, but like she really wasn't that big of a character in, um, in Endgame anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I like I like Ant Man, but I I think you know it works too, sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's if it, it feels kind of different. It feels like its own thing. It does. Yeah. Ant Man's obviously more connected, and I think they had a good way of working him into the whole Avengers plot there. Mm-hmm. But um, I like how, you know, it's. He, he's basically a, a criminal his friends are criminals uh you know from prison and all this and and so it's just uh, paul, paul red is fun uh, hilarious guy anyway uh, so it's it's just a very different uh feeling from the rest so it's it's nice it's like kind of a breath of fresh air in a way um i kind of think that maybe they should do more like that and uh, you know maybe they could have movies that take place within the mcu but ultimately don't matter to the mcu if if that makes any sense you know like just let ant-man go be you know his ant-man superhero doing ant-man things he doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be a member of the avengers or like you know do that with spider-man for instance like spider-man probably would have been a good one that they could have had as a standalone but you know certainly they're gonna uh, wrap him up into the avengers um right and so he's gonna be you know one of the main main characters there but um, there's no reason like he couldn't have, you know, you, you could have spent four or five movies with him just uh, stopping crime in Forest Hills or something. Yeah, I think a lot of those um, those old like Netflix shows and the uh, the ABC shows kind of did that. They kind of lived in the world, but they didn't influence it. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, and I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind movies like that. Um, although, yeah, the, the, the TV shows were pretty good. And I guess that's probably the, the business plan there is to just continue doing them as television shows. Yeah, and keep the 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 movies for you know blockbuster movies mm-hmm. that are all connected. I wonder what's going to happen with the Disney Plus series. Like, how much influence are they going to have on the movies? Because you know, when we talk about like casual fans, are people, people are casual fans going to sit down and watch a you know four four hour television series before they go to to watch it? Yeah, movie? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't even keep up with um, Agents of Shield. Um, I liked it and Uh there were some odd moments in it, but it it just got to be too much. And, you know, that's an hour a week for, for years and years just to watch, you know, a three hour movie. Right. I think the, um, the Disney plus series are going to be much less of a commitment. I think that they're going to be six episodes each and it's going to be like 30 to 40 minutes. So it's not like um, you walk in and you have to watch 22 episodes of a, of a season before, um yeah to understand something but but it's still you know 
a whole nother type of commitment that you're asking fans to to do like fans like you and i will, will eat it up and be excited about it but you know casual fans like the ones we're talking about um it'll be interesting to see what their reaction is um especially yeah. when it comes to movies like wandavision which is going to lead directly into doctor strange because um uh, scarlet which is a um like a, a side character in the doctor strange sequel her series will like build up into that so that'll be pretty interesting yeah i think it's it's kind of a catch-22 though and, and that was the problem i think with agents of shield where it's like you know i'm watching it because i'm a fan of the mcu mm-hmm. but then right. because it's this spin-off television show they can't actually really affect anything in the mcu mm-hmm. right so then i'm watching this thing and it's like it never seems to matter exactly and so then it's like why am i investing all this time in this and it'd be you know it's sort of like half of the time it wants to be its own story and say you know we're doing our own thing and these are new characters and you got to care about these characters but at the same time it wants you to come in and care about these characters because you care about thor and captain america but they don't have anything to do with each other right so it's 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 um you know that catch 22 of you know come in because you like the mcu but don't worry if you miss it because it has nothing to do with the mcu <laughs> exactly it's the b storyline it's never going to affect the a storyline so yeah. is it really important not really and i think that that's um you know why they're going to be continue like that's why you know all the movies going forward are going to you know affect each other or have some kind of uh, everything is must see, must see TV in a way. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think you know, like like I think I mentioned before, um, you know, in a, in a way, we're all going to be casual viewers because it's just content overload. Um, <laughs> we're lucky, I think, that you know we were the age we were when we are. So like you know, we, we've been able to watch these as they've come out. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, people who are 15 years old today, maybe they watched in game, <laughs> um, but did they watch? The 20 movies before that probably not that's right and people who you know are going to be 15 in 10 years whenever uh you know it's 40 movies now <laughs> they're not going to go and watch all 40 movies yeah. uh, that they've missed out on it's you know it's not as it's not as um easy as star wars where like yeah there's there's three movies that i had missed out because right. i wasn't born yet but <laughs> um you know for for this there's literally going to be you know 40 movies that you're going to have to go and watch that were before you were old enough to watch movies mm-hmm. and, and just in order to go and enjoy the latest blockbuster right so i think you know we're, we're gonna have to at some point all just kind of be casual viewers and i think hopefully they're breaking it up in a way where um that kind of casual viewing is easy enough to do mm-hmm. uh but still you know giving enough i guess like easter eggs or or nods to things that uh, the hardcore fans will appreciate it. That's true. Because I think in their minds, like the people who are making this um, are in both hands, like they want to create an easily accessible product. Um, at the same time, they want to entice you enough to go back and watch those old movies and mm-hmm. you know, become a, you know, a committed, loyal fan who will go to the theaters, you know, three, four times a year to see these movies. Um you know you won't miss one even if like even if you know you're a big fan of of superheroes and you're not that big a fan of guardians because it's part of the connected story you're gonna go see it and i think that's part of the business model and part of the reason why it's been so successful makes sense you know it's hard it, it is hard to be a fan of like all these um genres i think that like if you're a big harry potter fan i think it's hard to be 
a Harry Potter fan and a Marvel fan and a Star Wars fan and, you know, get the maximum out of all of these just because there's so much content, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you need time to do other things. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying basically you can pick one and that's it. Yeah. And, and I mean, you'll see the other ones, but you can only be like a big fan of like one of them, maybe two. Yeah. And on the others, you are a casual viewer. Uh, which ones do you think you're a um, hardcore fan versus a casual fan? Um, I don't. I would probably think that I'm a casual fan of of most things, but um, maybe Star Wars. I'm probably most familiar with Star Wars. Okay. But even then, like, what when when you see actual hardcore Star Wars fans, like I'm 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 nowhere near that. Like they have encyclopedia knowledge about uh, every little detail. Oh and, yeah. I know a lot of things just because, you know, not only have I seen the movies, but I've played some several of the video games. Mm-hmm. And I think video games is a, are a great way to, like, uh, get you into the rest of the lore that you kind of um, wouldn't hear about otherwise. Okay. And the same is true with, like, my Marvel. I've never read the comics, um, but I've played some Marvel video games. And from that, you know, I learn about other things uh, okay. through, through that. So I'm, you know, familiar with these uh, different concepts, but I, I don't necessarily you know, know all there is to know about them. But so I, I think probably the MCU and Star Wars are what I'm most familiar with. Okay. I would say um, next might be Twilight and then mm-hmm. like Harry Potter way at the bottom. Okay. <laughs> okay, nice. And Twilight, I can only, I can only say that all I know about Twilight is that um, the, the, the Wolverine or the, not Wolverine, the, the <laughs> werewolf <laughs> is named uh, Jacob. Oh, yeah. That's right. And then I think there's a vampire. <laughs> there is, yeah. Several, I think. But it, it's interesting you mentioned comics because, um, especially in Marvel Comics, there's this big history. But most people who are reading have read, you know, the last, like, two or three years, maybe, or are just picking it up. And, you know, you are, you are able to, you know, understand the story you're reading without having to, you know, go through 40 or 50 years of, of backstory. Um, and I think that same model is, has kind of been copied in um in movies yeah so in a way their their history with comic books and the long life that the comic book stories have had mm-hmm. as well as just you know the, sh- the sheer amount of content that they've created right. over decades right has really prepared them for for this mcu approach that they have mm-hmm. and really knowing how to deal with um managing that balance between hardcore fans and uh the more casual fans right. or you know maybe kind of most people probably fall somewhere in the middle where, you know, they're not um, completely casual where they don't know who Thor is when they walk into a movie, but um, you know, maybe they just didn't care to watch some of the Thor movies, right? Uh, but they still are aware of him and know, know who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they follow along uh, the rest of the Avengers and MCU stuff well enough. Right. Yeah. True. But I think ultimately everyone loves Ant-Man <laughs> and that's the main takeaway. I think. I think so too. Yes. Is that you know casual viewers, hardcore viewers, you can't do without Ant Man. Uh-huh. In order to unlock the Quinjet, Ant Man's password would be most popular Avenger. <laughs> Did you understand that reference? We understood that reference. Is that where the podcast name comes from? Yes. <laughs> well, I guess that's as good a place as any to end this episode on casual viewing. I'm not sure what we'll discuss next week, but who knows? Maybe we'll get away from the MCU for a bit. Yeah, so stay tuned. More to come. All right. Thanks for listening. Well, look at that. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. 
You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at WUTR Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, check out our Patreon at patreon.com WUTR. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Same bat channel.